So a few things that I want to offer to you. One is don't minimize the gospel. Don't minimize the gospel. And what I, what I mean by that is this. The Christian religion of the, of the world's major religions, you know, there's, there's so many different belief systems out there. Who could even know all of the minor ones? But Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, the Christian religion is unique in that we claim that God became Emmanuel. God, God became one of us. That, that in itself is, is staggering and mind-blowing. If you think about the, a being who exists outside of time, he knows no end, limited himself to the form of a human. Our faith claims that God became one of us. He was subject to the same temptations that we face without fail. And then he didn't just live a perfect life and go back to heaven and say, see, I told you it could have been done. But he chose to be punished that we might have hope. Don't minimize the gospel. Is it really true that God became a human being? Is it really true that Jesus Christ, born in a, in a small town, born in a manger of lowly means, rose from the dead? Honestly, ask yourselves this question. Truly, did Jesus rise from the dead? How many people have you, have you known, read about? We have, we have more information it, right now, today, than we've ever known before. You, you, can, you can find out about anybody you want today. Who do you know of that has claimed to rise from the dead? Did Jesus rise from the dead? If Jesus rose from the dead, if that's really true, then what else can we base our life on? That, that should dictate, he, we, we should give ourselves to finding out everything that we can find out about him and what he says, how we should order our lives. Does Jesus determine how you order your life? If not, you're minimizing the gospel. If what Jesus says about you does not determine how you think about you, if you allow your identity to be determined, if you allow your satisfaction to be determined based off of anything other than what Jesus Christ says about you, then you're minimizing the gospel. If, you're, if you are planning the future of your life, if you're planning who you're going to spend your time with, if you're planning how you're going to spend your days based off of anything other than what Jesus Christ says about you, then you're minimizing the gospel. If he really did rise from the grave, then there is nothing more important than that. And that should determine everything about us. We should give our lives to knowing the God of the Word. We should give our lives to knowing the Word of God because it tells us about Him. How, how many of you guys have at least some public school, high school background? Like within the last, I'll say three or four years, you were spent at least some time in a public school. Higher. Hands higher, please. Okay, so the majority of you have not. The majority of you, this is your world recently in terms of your formative education. Hear me when I say this, okay? You are very fortunate. You have something really, really good here. 
You really do. This, this is a place where you can learn how the gospel applies. This is, this is like living in a greenhouse. In, in Nebraska, we don't, we don't grow vegetables and, and corn and, and fruit and stuff all year long. Growing season doesn't allow that. But if you build a greenhouse, you can grow stuff. If you build a greenhouse, you can grow stuff year-round. You guys are like in a greenhouse, spiritually, in a sense. Don't take this for granted. Discover the truths of the gospel. Discover how it applies to your life. Do not minimize that. And in, in the opportunity that you have right now, don't look past that. Dig in as hard as you can right now, seeking Christ, knowing Him. I want to share another passage of Scripture with you. This is a, just a short one, okay? Something that maybe you haven't seen before. Galatians 1. Galatians 1. I think this kind of relates to, in, in a way, the Apostle Paul had his own greenhouse, like you guys have here. And I want you to, I want you to see how... When God raises up people for his own glory, he does something special in their formation. And you guys have that. You guys have that right now, and you cannot miss this opportunity. You cannot miss this opportunity. So if you're in Galatians 1, I'm going to read verses 15 through 18. But before that, just a, a small bit of background. This, the, the book of Galatians was a letter that Paul wrote to a church in an area called Galatia. And in that area, they were struggling with different kinds of teaching. Some people were saying, okay, if you're a Christian, you have to, you have to add in these parts. If you're, this, is, this is the Christian message. No, this is the Christian message. No, this is the Christian message. And Paul's writing this letter to set them straight. Okay, he's writing this letter to say, I have the gospel Here's how I got the gospel. What those guys over there are telling you, that's not the gospel. This is the gospel. So he's, he, he, and then this kind of sets this up, okay? He's telling us here in these verses how he got the gospel, where it came from, all right? 15 through 18. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who are apostles before me. But I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, who ends up being Peter, that's who he's talking about, and remained with him 15 days. So when I read this, I thought, three years, wow, that's really interesting. And so that's what I was thinking about, and then I started going, man, I better, I better do a little bit of research here and see if, see if that's actually what was going on here. And in the research that I did, people are saying that basically what happened was, okay, so Saul's persecuting the church in Jerusalem, and then he finds out that in Damascus there's Christians there, so he starts to go to Damascus, and he... Jesus Christ appears to him in a vision. He goes blind. Then, I think it was Ananias. Is that right? Anybody nod, nod your head? If, or No? Ananias? Okay, we've got a couple confirmations. Ananias shares the gospel with him. He, he regains his sight. He becomes a believer. Then what does he do? What does he do after that? 
does he go, holy cow, hey, I'm going back to Jerusalem to the church, and I'm going to say, hey, I, be- I believe now. Well, no, not really. Because in, in Galatia, the church was saying that you can't trust Paul's message, listen to our message, and Paul's saying, no, I'm just like the apostles. I didn't get the gospel from other people. I got the gospel from God himself. And verse 17, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who are apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. And three years later, the beginning of verse 18, then after three years. This, this time that you are at Nebraska Christian is like your time that the Apostle Paul had. That three years that he spent in Arabia before he really truly started to like go on all of his missionary journeys. If you've grown up in the church and heard stories and stories about Paul and all the places he went and all the letters and books and stuff that he wrote, before he did all of that stuff, the Bible tells us that he spent three years in Arabia. This is your three years in Arabia right now at Nebraska Christian. People always talk all the time about how God has a plan for your life. Is that true? Yes, it's true. God does have a plan for your life. What is it? I have no idea, other than to know Christ and to make him known. But I know what you're supposed to do right now. Get ready. Seek the Lord. Know Christ. Know how the gospel applies to all of the situations that you're in. Don't minimize the gospel. Let the gospel define what you say about yourself. You're, you're like in a, in a greenhouse spiritually. D- dig into this. Dive into this. This chance that you have. All of the, the men and women that God has called to the community of Nebraska Christian to raise you up to advance the gospel and to make the name of Christ known. You, you are not here to be, to be sheltered from the world. You are not here. The, the people who have sent you here and the people who are teaching you here are not trying to shelter you and hide you from all the bad stuff. You're not here to be hidden. Jesus prayed in, in John 17, 15 for his disciples, not that, not that the Father would take them out of the world, but that he would keep them from the evil one. This is your chance to, to have something so deep and, and foundational in who you are that when you go out into the world to be salt and to be light in the world, that you've got something to give, that you've got something to say. And that you can stand strong in Christ. During, during this time when you are, when you are at, at NC, during this time when you are separated from a lot of the, honestly, just stuff, the wickedness and the evil that are out there, this is, this is your greenhouse. Grow right now. Get firmly rooted in your faith in Christ. Because, because the plan is not for you to stay here. The plan is for you to go out into the world and, and to be a light for Christ. Now, I mentioned just a little bit about what Paul dealt with in Galatia with these people saying, this is the gospel, you've got to do this. And Paul saying, no, this is the gospel. And so I want to take just a few minutes to, to bring a little clarity to this and in, in my own life, not to minimize the gospel. And like Paul had said in, in Romans 1.15, I can't wait to come share the gospel with you. So I've said that word. If, you were, if, if any of you guys were like making a tally every time I said the word gospel, we'd be getting quite a list. 
but there's really actually been very little gospel in what I've said so far, right? Other than I said, God sent Jesus Christ to become a human being, face the same temptations as you, bear our sins on the cross, that if we would repent and put our faith in Christ, we could be in right relationship with him. Is the Christian message true that every human being is a sinner? Absolutely. You look at all the religions of the world. Why do they exist? They're trying to solve a problem. All the religions in the world exist to solve some sort of a problem. The problem is sin. And sin isn't just out there. You individually, you individually have the same problem as every other person in the world. It manifests itself differently, but you individually have the same problem as every individual in the world. You have committed an eternal crime against an eternal God. There is only one being that is worthy of you giving your life to. And you haven't done that. In fact, you don't want to do that. You have intentionally not done that. You have intentionally not served him. You have intentionally walked away from him. You have, you have taken part of your time, your life, your resources, your relationships, and said, instead of giving this to you, I want this for myself. You've done that. And you haven't, you haven't wronged me or the people sitting next to you in those things, but you have wronged the God of the universe. And if you remember at the beginning, I said that he exists outside of time. That's why the punishment exists outside of time because the one that you have wronged exists outside of time the punishment will last forever for those times when you've ordered your life in your own self-interest selfishly the punishment for that will last forever it's sin against god and that's a that's a hopeless message to to leave it at that And to add insult to injury, to put salt in the wound, would be to to say what all the other religions of the world say. They, They simply add insult to injury when all the other religions of the world say, you did that, so now fix it. Get better. Stop doing all that bad stuff you've done. Start start doing it better. The Christian gospel is that God became a man and took the punishment, fulfilled the law, did all that you couldn't have done for yourself. What's required of you then? How do you get that gift? Acknowledge it. Call it what it is. Yeah, I did do that. Don't deny it. And then turn from it. Stop living your life to your own benefit and say, I I did that. I am guilty of that. Jesus, I believe you. I trust you. I really do believe that you rose from the dead. You paid the price for my sin. And trust in Christ. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish it with this, with this last part, okay? I said earlier, don't minimize the gospel. If that message is true, that has to dictate every aspect of who you are. The gospel has to dictate every aspect of who you are. It has to, it has to define you. This is not an add-on. This isn't a, a, a piece of clothing, what I'm going to wear on Tuesday what I'm going to wear to church service on Sunday morning. This is foundational, fundamental core. Don't minimize the gospel. Let's close in prayer, okay? That's what I've got for you. Father, we told the story of the heroic deputy who sacrificed his life 
And we like that. We like stories like that. Because, Father, they show us something greater than ourself. But the greatest story of that, Lord, is your son, Jesus, becoming one of us, facing the same temptations we face, and then not just returning to heaven and saying, see, I told you it could have been done, but giving his life that we might be restored to you. Father, I pray that, that the truth of that message, Lord, would sink deep within our hearts. I pray, Lord, for these students that while they're in the, the greenhouse that is Nebraska Christian, that they would see this as a blessing and an opportunity, that they would be deeply and firmly rooted in Christ, finding their identity in Him and letting Jesus, you, dictate every aspect of their lives. I pray, Lord, that like Paul spent those three years in Arabia, that they would see this as a sweet, sweet time to know you. I pray, Lord, that you would show them the blessing that they have and that they wouldn't think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, but they would see how, how fortunate they are to have this. And Lord, that that would spur them on in their pursuit of Christ. I pray, Lord, that you would raise them up to be salt and light in the earth and that they would stand firm for years and years and years to come, leaving a godly heritage behind them, that your name might be exalted and worshipped the way you are worthy of. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.